Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and squirrels. Welcome to Season 2 episode 37. Oh my gosh, we are just working our way through the calendar. And also, welcome back to week two of Super Servitor September! We are having fun. Holy cow, we are having more fun than we've ever had in the history of this podcast. What do you mean, Shasta? Great question. Glad you asked. All right, guess what? So I was really worried because last week I had the uh, Labor Day weekend set me back, and then I had some other delays in editing, and I was two days late, well, a day and a half late actually getting the episode out, which in podcast world, that's a big no-no. Don't do that. And... um Oddly enough, you guys have been listening in. You must have been really anxious to learn about servitors or something. We we broke a couple of podcast records, and are you sitting down? I have my cup of coffee. Let me take a swig of this here. Give me a little bit of extra amped up juice before I tell you this stuff. All right. So this past week was amazing. Not only did we gain two new countries and or territories in the listener base, we also gained a whopping new 37 cities increase of listener base. We had the highest first day download for any episode record, and we had the highest first week download for any episode record. Uh, We also had the highest number of listeners write in with comments. Oh my gosh. And we went up in the ranks. So this has been an awesome week. Yay for all of you. Let's give a big warm welcome to all of our new listeners. Now, I don't know the new two countries or territories or 37 cities, but I went back in the stats and it looks like we've had a lot of recent listens from some very interesting countries. So uh, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, welcome. I've seen you in the past, but you don't come up all that often, but I've seen you recently. Right on. The Solomon Islands, Croatia, the Netherlands. We've had an upflux of listeners in Mexico, Denmark, Sweden, Turkey, India, and 
Austria has been tuning in a lot lately. So, hey, yay for all of you. Whoever's new, welcome to the podcast. For everyone else, thanks for tuning in more or whatever's going on. Makes me feel good. I feel like, yay. Okay, next, I was contacted by almost 10 listeners, right about nine listeners since last week's episode. I think I'm just going to combine all of you into one big mishmash listener mailbag response of sorts. So a good number of you just contacted me to say, hey, thanks, been enjoying the content. Thanks for the Servitor content. A lot of people were appreciative about the fraud alert stuff. And it seems a lot of you are relating. So yay, keep your eyes peeled and keep your money in your pocket if that's the case. I had a couple of ideas come in for upcoming guests. And I had this twice. I was asked if Tim and I are going to be selling servitors. No, we're trying to teach people how to make servitors. We're all about empowering you guys and teaching you guys. So do your own stuff. It's really, really easy. And that's what I'm going to kind of cover tonight is a little bit more servitor stuff. I'm going to give you a reading list of sorts. And the uh, the giant dog and micro dog are passed out on the floor too. So they're in here with me. So yeah, Super Servitor September. Oh my goodness. I thought this was going to be easy. It is not easy. I don't even know how many books I have been reading and delving into. And the more I delve, the more I realize there is nomenclature that just doesn't properly exist and definitions are there's a lot of different definitions for the same thing in some cases so I'm trying to sort that out so that I can present the most accurate information possible I'm finding that like in particular the concepts of egregore and tulpa seem to have really broad definitions in some cases, or a broad spectrum of definitions. Those tend to go back as a traditional history of Tibetan culture, but that's not necessarily hard fact. A lot of different cultures adopt these concepts. So there's a lot of, oh, a tulpa is this. No, it's this. Well, it's this and this. No, it can only be this because that's what I read. And then same with egregores. There's a lot of, nope, it's only this. And then there's a lot of people getting things kind of crisscrossed. So one of the most simplistic hierarchies or ordering, I guess, I don't know, that I found was a little chart. And it gave a very brief definition of each. But when it comes to the topic of thought forms, thought forms is a huge, huge broad spectrum concept and it encompasses a ton of stuff. So under that umbrella, one of the most simplistic and highly effective magics there are is sigils. And there's different ways of thinking of how sigils work. Nothing's really wrong. There's a couple different concepts going on. But basically, a sigil is a glyph or a symbol or a little drawing or sketch or however you want to view it. It's almost like a logo for a concept almost. And that sigil basically links you and your consciousness to a concept or a spirit or, or an idea. And basically, you can tap into that. Now, if you create your own sigil, That's a certain level of personal magic that's very, very effective, and you can write a mantra to go with it. You can incorporate 
that into other types of magic. Lots of different cultures of magic work with sigils. And almost all of the kind of like instant books that we work out of have a sigil of some sort or another. And actually, Solomonic Pentacles are a type of sigil of sorts. They're very specific. And uh, we found out some more information on that too. So we're going to bring that. It's really fascinating. But at any rate, sigils can be considered the lowest form of thought forms or the lowest level of thought forms, but they don't really have a mind of their own. They don't go out and do things for you. They more link you and a concept or you and a spirit, you and an angel makes it easier to work with them. You can use it to layer power onto things by putting that sigil on things, candles, objects. There's all sorts of applications for sigil work. So I've got a couple of books I've reviewed in the past. I'm not super duper 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 crazy about them. They're okay. I'm going to try to find better books to present to you. And in the meantime, you can just go out on Amazon. You can go out on Google. You can do search for sigil books. You can do a search for sigil generators online. You can find a lot of websites out there on how to make your own sigils. The one thing that I really like to do when it comes to sigils is this is really, really, really effective for me anyway. And it's kind of how I learned it. Basically, you take the phrase or concept or idea, spirit name, emotion, whatever you're trying to link to, and you write it on a piece of paper. And the first thing you do is scribble out all of the vowels. Then scribble out all of the repeating letters and whatever you're left with, try to manipulate those shapes so that they link together to make an unrecognizable shape, like some sort of strange design, right? So yeah, once you reduce it down to those core letters or those core sounds, you can manipulate the shapes, you can flip them upside down, backwards, whatever you want to do. Take all the shapes of the letters that are remaining bust them apart if you want to, but take all the basic shapes of all those letters and combine them into one big shape that doesn't look like all those letters. That's how I like to do it. You can distort it a little bit and then you can add in 3D if you want, if you want to get really fancy about it, or you can do shadowing. You can put it together on a a computer, make it really fancy, keep it as a pencil scribble. As long as it means something to you, thought form. It takes that thought, it links it to the symbol you just created, and you can consecrate that. People get really hung up on the consecration process. Consecration, whether it's a sigil or a magical tool or anything, if you're going to consecrate it, basically what you're doing is you're designating that for a higher purpose and only that higher purpose, and you're you're recognizing it as a holy relic of sorts in your personal universe, or a holy tool, or a sacred tool. Basically, the consecration process is you activating it, and you attuning your intentions to that tool for your use. And there's no right or wrong. Some people like to get very ceremonious about this and do a ritual with it and do everything by some kind of old tradition. 
that's cool. If that's what trips your trigger, you can do candle magic. You could say a prayer over it. You could just declare it yours to use for magical purposes. You know, there's really no right or wrong. It's the intention that goes into it and the meaning. And then use that object as a sacred object. In this case, it would be a sigil. You're going to activate it to your consciousness for your intention and your purposes. It gives it purpose. It gives it a little bit of a life charge, right? It attaches energy to it. And now you've got a magic tool that you can draw on stuff, or you can put on the inside of a book cover, you can do art with it, whatever. You can hide it and stuff very easily. And uh, whatever it is that you need that to attach to, whether that's uh, representing a spell or a ritual or a spirit. Here again, uh, you can do sigils for a lot. There's a lot of applications and ways to do them. You can even generate one online with a free online sigil generator. So absolutely play around with this kind of magic. It is fun. It is easy. You don't have to put a whole lot of thought into it. You don't have to put ritual into it. There's no knowledge necessary. There's no magical background necessary. You can just make sigils. You can study it. You can come up with your own way. But start playing with it. Start making it effective for you. Then I'm going to give you a little bit of some reading material to choose from. I'm going to give you some servitor creation reading material to choose from that are all excellent. Now, a couple of them I just recently got and one I've had but haven't had a chance to tap into. I flipped through it a little bit. Awesome. So we'll start out with what we talked about last week, Damon Brand, Magical Servitors. This is my first foremost favorite book on servitors. It's also my first actual magic book that I purchased a long time ago. And it's it's really easy personal magic to do. Everyone can do it and it's most effective if you make it and you use it. And the more you use it, the more effective and efficient it becomes. It only is made for one purpose and by nature, it's a spirit born of your spirit it serves you. It is attached to you. It also knows your needs, your desires, your ways of thinking, ways that you would want the problem approached. It is a completely unique system to you. So it is absolutely worth exploring. People think that they can't do it or that they don't understand it or it doesn't work for them. Uh, could be you don't understand the magic entirely. You're putting too many expectations on it. The one thing about servitor magic is it's weak magic, but it's very effective and it's very, very loyal to the magician. It's very effective. It's very efficient. Therefore, it doesn't have to be super powerful. It does not have the same power as going to an archangel or a spirit of the Goetia or any of those bigger rituals or bigger magics out there. These are not angel energies, but you create it for one purpose. Therefore, it knows what to do. So it's very fun. And the sky is the limit. It can be as fancy or as plain as you want it. It can just be a little concept. But no matter what shape you give it or appearance in your imagination you give it, the whole thing is, is you're busting off just a little chip of your energy to go out there and do stuff for you. And that's the core of that, this magic. It is a little tiny piece of you that you're going to chip off and recognize for a specific purpose, and it's going to work for you. 
So check that book out. That is my highest recommendation that I've worked from and have had really great results from. Next, uh, same author for the next two books, uh, John Kreider, or Kreider, K-R-E-I-T-E-R. The first one is Create a Servitor, Harness the Power of Thought Forms. The second one is Create a Servitor Companion. Now, the Servitor Companion gets more in the direction of a very detailed, like, imaginary friend of sorts, right? And I really think this one's great if you really want to work on your imagination skills, your visualization skills. If nothing else, this Create a Servitor Companion book is ideal for that. Some of the ideas and exercises he has in that is awesome. It's a totally different concept, yet it's the same concept. So give it a look-see. This Create a Servitor, Harness the Power of Thought Forms. Now, I have not read this one recently. I've read it about twice in the past. I would say it's a little bit more of a generic approach and a little bit less detailed than the Damon Brand book. It's still very effective. I still think it's a great book. I still think there's a lot to be learned from it, and it's not very expensive. I'll put links for all these. I did not look the price of these up before I started this episode. I apologize. And the next book is A Complete Guide to Entity Creation, Creating Magical Entities, by David Michael Cunningham, with contributions by our old friend Taylor Elwood and Amanda R. Wagoner. I just got this. I got hard copy of it, and it just arrived the other day. I flipped through it a little bit. It looks amazing. It looks very well written, and I kind of did a little bit of a skim through a number of different chapters, and I'm anxious to dive into this one. The other one that goes hand in hand with this is by Taylor Elwood, and it is Walking with Magical Entities, and it is his personal book on this, which I also just recently downloaded not all that long ago, and I have not had the time to delve into it. I did flip through it. Looks amazing. I I love his work. It is really well written, a lot of thought in it, a lot of good thinking outside of the box, and encouraging you to experiment. Yay! So anyway, if you want some reading list for some of this Servitor stuff, absolutely check out all of these books. Again, I'll put links in the show notes. Now, two more things before we conclude for tonight. This is more fun stuff. I don't have this up on the website yet. It just came in the other day. I ordered these cards. I got an Oracle deck that is in high demand and I actually ordered it back in June. It was back ordered until just now. I totally forgot about it, and it showed up on the doorstep a few days ago. And it is the Mystic Martian Oracle, and it is all space alien themed and otherworldly being type themed. And it is a pretty cool Oracle system. I'm trying to open it up here. I got an extra deck for myself. The book is very nice. Very impressed with it. It looks incredibly detailed, easy to read, and it's just a space alien themed oracle deck that has some really great concepts in it. And the artwork in it is probably one of the more unique decks that I'm carrying, especially if you love anything otherworldly. So give that a look-see. I'll try to get that up and in the shop very soon. It is here just in time for Halloween. And since we did a whole month focus 
on the shadow work challenge and the oracle card challenge. And I really like to push people, do your own divinations, find your own groove, find something to try. And in the middle of it all, Tim and I mentioned it in last week's. And when he was here, he did a room rune reading for me, and he's mentioned it on the podcast in the past. He adds some extra elements when he casts runes, and when he does his own personal readings, he has little stones he adds, and each one of them has its own meanings. So we grabbed some little trinkets and charms and things like that, threw it in the mix, and did a rune reading that way, and that was a lot of fun. It really resonated with me, and I've never done anything like that. I love the runes, It's not my forte. I do dabble in them a little bit here and there, but it led me to get three new books, and these just trickled in in the past few days also. So here again, I've only been kind of flipping through them and kind of kid in a candy store sort of a thing. But for those of you still kind of curious about divination, you're looking for different options. Maybe you like to think outside of the box. Here's a couple fun stuff to look into, and I'll put these in the show notes also. The first one is Lithomancy, Divination, and Spellcraft with Stones, Crystals, and Coins by Reverend Dr. St. John Germain. And it has runes in it. It looks like it's got coins, crystals, stones, all different kinds of uh, references in it. Uh, Just some fun stuff to take in. I'm going to just... I haven't really looked at this one as much, but I like the way it's laid out. It's got some number symbolism in it, colors, different types of stones, a ton of other concepts in here, witchy kind of concepts, absolutely good description of the runes. So yeah, this one is a good food for thought book and a a new way of looking at divinations. I also got kind of a hybrid in here, and this one is called Bones, Shells, and Curios, a contemporary method of casting the bones, written and illustrated by Michelle Jackson. This is another one. It looks like it is well-written, kind of hoodoo-esque, different ways of going about stuff, tossing stuff, interpretation, really great ideas in this. But my favorite one just came the other day, and this is what's really starting to resonate with me. And I haven't tried it yet. I'm starting to figure out what I could collect and put together into a little set for myself. And it is Charm Casting by Rebecca, and I don't want to mess this up, Anuan. Rebecca Anuan. And it has some really great ideas in it. And it's very well written, easy to follow, makes it simple. And kind of what some different charms would mean, what you could have them represent. It doesn't just have to be charms. You could combine this with coins, stones, crystals, anything with meaning to you. And you could create your own divination system. It would be a nice little guidebook for you. There's another one I want to buy and I have not purchased it yet because I've just got so many books going on now for a whole bunch of different things that it is the bone casting or uh, throwing the bones or something. Uh, So it's uh, throwing bones concepts. And I've always been interested in that too. And so that was one I've always been very curious about. I don't know much about it, but I'll probably be getting that one in the future. And really people play around with it. Oracle card decks are a great way to start. They're pre-made. You only got to draw one card. And usually 
it is set up in such a way that the interpretation is just right there in a little booklet. Maybe it's just written on the card and it gives you great food for thought on your question or whatever insight you want for the day, however you do your drawings. Really great way to get started. I highly recommend that if you're into tarot. Tarot is so flexible and you can do that so many different ways. I know that it's kind of intimidating with the interpretations and everything on the pictures, but get started. Get your feet wet. Test it out. Here again, I've, I've mentioned a couple of good apps. If you're into apps on your phone and you don't want to buy anything, start out with Galaxy at, or start out with Galaxy Tarot or Galaxy Runes. They are free apps that you can download. They do have ads and some limitations on them. So I don't know how much the app costs if you want to get it free of ads. I want to say it was a one-time fee of either $2.99 or $3.99, something like that. So for just a couple of bucks, you can get rid of all those ads. It's not monthly. And uh, yeah, give that a look-see. The really nice thing about the the upgraded version of those, you can save your readings so it'll journal them instantly for you. And you can also just use it as an interpretation guide if you do have a deck of cards or a set of runes. You can just browse the cards. It's got all of the the color associations, image associations, anything that you could work into understanding or interpreting the card is in that. As same with the runes. It's got really great explanations, reversals, everything. So it's a great way to explore without having to buy a book. A lot of people are electronic these days. You can just download it to your mobile device. And it's another great way to get started. I bring this up because I ended up taking August a lot more seriously on the shadow work than I ever thought I would. Like, I take everything serious when I do it on the podcast here, when I present it. I do the challenges along with you. But what I didn't expect is for me to enjoy the Oracle card challenge to the degree I did and that I would unearth all of this awesome shadow work that I'm working on, realizations, new ways of thinking, new ways of opening my mind and looking at things from a different angle. And it's been an amazing, amazing journey. Now, some of that did hit me in the head right between the eyes like a brick a couple of times. But that's kind of how I do magic. I ask for rapid results, and so it kind of mows me over. And then you have to kind of learn to deal and adapt. Oh my gosh. But I tell you what, it gets you out of a rut. It gets you out of, you know, a funk that you could be in. And it really does give you a fresh new look at things and gives you some self-work to do. And then if you're really creative about it, you can use a tarot deck or a divination system or something in that direction to figure out how to attack some of these problems or new ways to looking at it, insights, ideas, things like that. It's a really great free therapy for yourself. So I here again, I can't say enough good things about just trying stuff, finding a way to tap into your inner psyche and explore. And any divination system can not only work on you as shadow work, but it also connects you to the divine and you can get some divine answers to questions and insights to things that you're working on or problems you're experiencing or questions you have or decisions you're going to make. Lots of fun there. You can use it as self-discovery and just 
a new way of thinking. There, there is just so many applications for using any kind of divination system. Lots of good to be had. So get out there and explore. If you want to play with some new magic concepts and you haven't really taken the time or effort to work with sigil magic or servitor creation magic, you've got some options. And I will be giving you more options in the future. So I guess with that said, all there is left to say is to keep a smile on your face, keep a bounce in your step, keep practicing your magic, and keep exploring all kinds of different new concepts and ideas, things to try. Even if you're really happy with all the stuff you're doing, challenge yourself a little bit. See if you can find new ways to step things up for yourself, new ways to approach the same magic, new ways to approach the same divination system. Keep challenging yourself. Don't get in a rut. Lots of good to be had from it. All right, that's all I got for you this week, folks. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up. Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow. Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.